This is the Infinite Podcast with me, Ulf Tanuflitti. And me, Eistan Rabba. We boldly venture into the unknown to uncover the greater truths about ourselves and everything. About life. About life. And we share it with you, our listener. Yes. This episode is... This is a great episode. Yeah, I think you like this episode. I love this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm about yes. this guest. I... We... Yeah. Finally got to meet Rob Bell and have him as a guest on our podcast. I think that's... Uh, yeah, and I, we actually drove for eight hours or six, eight, six to eight hours. Just well, counting breaks, uh, yeah. eight hours, yeah. just to get to meet this, Rob Bell. This guy. And yeah. it was divine. It was amazing. And, and, uh, and I got to ask some really inspiring questions. So Yeah, and I got to meet Rob Bell. <laughs> And also ask him some... Yeah. Talk to him about some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Rob Bell on the Infinite Podcast. There we yeah. go. Here we are. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been dying to meet you for like well, how many years? Well, quite, a, quite a few, actually. <laughs> and now here we are. And here we are. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Fantastic. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, so I was thinking on the drive over, which was a fairly long drive, <laughs> uh, that uh, uh, one sort of angle into to our conversation would be talking about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because, well, for one, you seem to be fairly well traveled in the biblical scriptures uh, from listening to your uh, podcast. And uh, I, from uh, personal reasons, used to hate the Bible, yeah. read the Bible just to mock it. Sure. And, uh, and obviously that's all shifted quite a bit. <laughs> uh, and, and I have you to thank for that. Mm. Uh, which... It still baffles me because I read the whole thing, and it was I I would swear it was there was nothing there, Uh, and I was like fueled to the fire for like my yes call it hatred towards religion, and like proof positive that this was just just some scheme or I don't know even know what to call it. So it was uh, when you started talking about like the the beautiful stuff in there I just was like to open it up because with what <laughs> do we read the same thing <laughs> which we did uh, that's a fantastic opening to a podcast <laughs> we're nowhere near a question and I love it just well, keep going <laughs> so this is not a this is not an interview podcast this is a conversational <laughs> podcast uh and obviously, a me praising you podcast. No, <laughs> kidding. Uh, but uh, so when I heard you came here, I was like, "Well, obviously, we need to go watch everything is spiritual," uh, because I, I think that and you and uh, Pete Holmes together is like, like the top two things I'd ever go watch like right now. Uh, but uh, uh, and then I said, "But we have to." I get him on the podcast. <laughs> it was fairly easy. It was yeah. f- it was fairly easy. 
But still, you know, you have like this picture of this, you know, it's someone you never met. They want to talk to you. I find it still interesting how I was like, what if he doesn't want to talk to us? <laughs> I was like, but he's one of our guys. It's, we're fine. Yeah. When did you first read the Bible? Um, to make it into a question. <laughs> I can remember my, I can remember my parents would take us to church when I was a kid. So I would, I guess I would have heard it then. Um, and I didn't, the larger thing wasn't that com compelling, but I always found the Jesus stories fascinating. Yeah. I found the, um, they always seem to be way more dangerous than the institution and the thing that had built up around him. Yeah. Um, and Daniel in the lion's den and Elijah. So I guess there, I guess those stories as a kid and my parents had Bibles around. Um, I remember my dad reading the Bible, maybe at like dinner time or something, you know, there'd be like, um, and I, so I found, but I, the, the Jesus stories I did, they resonated at some level. Like the fact that in the stories, when there's somebody who's pushed to the edges, he always brings them in. Uh, that yeah. there was this establishment and he was subverting the establishment. Something at, a, at like a heart level was like, oh, I get that. Or the fact that growing up, your whole world is ranked. Like they're the best students. There's the best athletes. Yeah. There's the kids who are good at music. They're the cool, popular kids. So I just lived in a world where everything was ranked. And I remember the first will be last. Those... Uh, the Jesus story seemed to be about some other way oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to see the whole thing. And I like that was like really helpful. You know, it's almost like, hey, there's a matrix. You know what I mean? Hey, there's a system and you don't have to buy into it. So for me, it actually it had like a it's like rebellion or subversion. Just a little bit like, hey, you don't have to trust this whole thing that's telling you these are the rules. Yeah. There may be other rules. Um, you know what I mean? But uh, oh, totally. so I, so I would say that, and I didn't have like a that we weren't part of like a denomination or I, or a catechism or like a um like a specific system. So I didn't grow up in any sort of like where you got examined or you had to go to a class or you were you know some people had like a we were Catholics we were Methodists we whatever I didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I got all the way to seminary. When I when I applied and went to seminary, they had like a list of denominations to, ch like you're oh, to, yeah, check, to check, like mm. what your <laughs> like what your team Jesus was. And I remember at the very very bottom, there was undenominational, but there was also non-denominational. Oh. Like that, apparently even that was like a distinction. I remember sitting there thinking, I, I'm I'm un un or non-denominational I don't I can't even make those distinctions <laughs> but it, the, the Bible didn't so it was just sort of uh, I guess it's like the most important book you know whatever the answer is whatever the but it, it wasn't until that I, I was like a pastor and I was a couple years into being a pastor when it suddenly became something else and it was all because um a couple of people started hand sending me these little photocopied articles 
about uh, Hebraic thinking, Jewish thinking. Oh, yeah. And they were like, no, no, you don't understand this. And a guy had come up to me after one of my first sermons, and he said, you know, uh, you missed it. You missed the whole thing. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, no, you, you realize that, that sermon that you just gave about Jesus, you realize he's a, he's a first century Jewish rabbi, so when there are four cups at the table at a Passover Seder, he would have picked up which cup? He picked up the fourth cup? Well, you know what that means. And when he's talking about, you know Hillel and Shammai, because there were two massive rabbis before Jesus, and when Jesus was asked that question, He's essentially saying, do you stand with Hillel or do you stand... With, if you don't know who Hillel Shammai is, you're going to miss that whole thing. He was like... A, it was like a whole... You know what I mean? It was like a... Wait. But there's what? a whole frame of reference that... Right. Yeah. Right, that this came from somewhere. That yeah. real people in real places at real... In real times. So going back to what you were saying about reading the Bible, if you just pick it up and read it... I mean, people do have powerful experiences, but without just a little bit of what's going on here... Yeah. Um... It just looks, it does look like gibberish, but you just get like a little, uh, it's like if you came in late to Game of Thrones, you're like, who the, who's this guy? And you're like, oh, <laughs> wait, that's Stannis Baratheon. Oh, all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Well, uh, I have to confess, haven't watched Game of Thrones. You're fine. But you watched Game you're of fine. Thrones. You're fine. <laughs> One thing that comes to mind when you talk about growing up. I grew up with Sunday school. Yeah. My family wasn't particularly Christian or anything. We just they just did the right things, you know. Yeah. Uh, in that uh, direction, um, and I, I I remember the stories, and I remember I enjoyed the stories, and I I probably learned a lot from the stories as well. But at some point, it became this kind of pressure from the outside correct believe it's true or not right which is the right. oddest th- <laughs> the, like is the singularly oddest question yeah. like it's even it's even the wrong categories like do you believe it's true well is your marriage winning i mean I, uh, it, it's not even <laughs> um and that's not because that's devaluing the truth that's just it's it's so much bigger and more profound and dangerous and poetic and and disruptive than like it's yeah so I, I think a lot of the ways or you think about how many people if we were to take apart your cell phone and show you like the insides of your cell phone and I would say well explain to me what these little things do I don't know <laughs> I mean like somebody must know so it's funny with the Bible that people are like you should just be able to open it and understand it all completely yeah instantly when everything that matters in life across the board takes a while it does take both and it doesn't mean you can't have an experience yeah. it doesn't mean you don't aren't having experiences right away but like you would learn in it and you would become more like shakespeare you would become more familiar with it and the more familiar with it the more you'd hear things you didn't hear before yeah it's funny sometimes when i hear dismissals of the bible uh i think that's like a six-year-old you know what I mean? Yeah. That's funny. You you don't do that with other things. I don't know what's going on here in this movie. Well, you came in at the hour mark. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't do that in other parts of your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, so obviously I read the Bible hating religion. Oh, well, there you go. So That that tends that, to color it. <laughs> that that gave it quite the... Yes. The vengeful God became quite the... Yeah, right. The right, cushion right. and, and uh, uh, the the... Ambiguous words of Jesus became more of a, I guess, uh, 
provocation or something like that. Like a weapon. It gets weaponized. Yeah, but it yeah. just it was way over my yes. Way yeah, right, over my right, head. right. Like it just for me, it was like okay, so this is more like an ancestry book with some some grotesque stories in yeah, the yeah, yeah, right, right, and and. Uh, and the whole like right and wrong and and like the justification yeah. of this and that just didn't make any sense right like, because everyone was referring to the bible and i was like but everything's you can take anything out of this <laughs> yeah, right right uh but like the first time i heard you talking about the bible you just brought the whole third perspective in and i was like but that's insane it's like a treasure in there that just was way 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 past me I have that to this day. To this day, I will stumble across something in the Bible and think, that's in there? <laughs> like, if people knew that, or, or even I just did this whole thing on the book of Leviticus and how one of the central ideas of the book of Leviticus is a proper relationship with the earth and that economy, uh, culture, everything that matters is connected with human beings having a right relationship with the soil. And if human beings get uh, out of sync or out of whack with the earth, then all of culture, your, your whole society will essentially begin to unravel. Yeah. I mean, this is like a basic idea in the book of Leviticus. And like nine people know it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just, uh, it's just fascinating. So I went through a whole period where I was like, I oh, forget this. I am... Uh, like in the 80s, there was an Exxon oil spill off the coast of America where an oil tanker crashed and yeah, yeah, yeah. all these things. Uh, I, I mean, there were times when I felt like I was a, an Exxon salesman. Like, hey, do you want to hey, buy stock in this company that everybody <laughs> hates? Um, I mean, I had, had, I had had times when I was like, people have such giant preconceived notions of this. I mean, let alone you think about words like Christian or God or whatever. I mean, I had periods where I was like, I ah, forget it. I'll just it's like it, there's just so much cultural like like a film over people yeah might as well just scrap just I'll just go talk about positive things that nobody can argue with but I noticed when I would do that like I'm just going to talk about just be just forgive people just just forget that it's almost like maybe it's just what I'm here to do but it was missing something but I noticed especially when I was in places where people had no religious background or had won nothing, when I would just say, actually, there's an ancient letter that talks about this paradox. It's in the New Testament. Um, people, I remember doing an event, you know Deepak Chopra? Yeah. I remember doing an event at his resort and doing a whole thing on uh, what the scriptures say about this idea of spirit. And his audience is like, they're fantastic, but they're sort of like chilling out on yoga mats, like, <laughs> like, like bring it. Um, but it was, it's time and time and time again in settings that weren't like Bible, religious, whatever <laughs> settings. I would just talk about, well, there's this, actually there's this ancient story that I think is really compelling and people love it. This has been my experience is people have no problem with the Bible. They're actually riveted. And I had a number of friends who have, have zero sort of church background who are like hey that bible stuff it's great you should stick to that <laughs> <laughs> so now i do i have been for a while it's and it's really really enjoyable but or 
I sometimes feel like you're bridging religion over into spirituality, like the, everything is spiritual. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that sort of resonates with you, but like for me, my spiritual awakening was sort of coming not into religion, right? Uh, right. But once that sort of I opened that door because I came from a very atheist background, mm -hmm. so it was very f like science was everything. And yes, it was my my god. And uh, 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 obviously, with some emptiness inside, uh, which uh, which I sort of well, I stumbled upon the here and now, uh, the, the the present moment, uh, like maybe like five or six years ago, where I'd been living in the future or past before that. Ah, so right, I was like, right, what, right, what's right. this place? Because it was so vibrant and alive, and I was like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. And uh, and and at that sort of same time was when I started listening to. To you, uh, I love how you put that, and it sort of just gave me the the smooth transition into to sort of going from hating religion, very yeah, 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 very like almost violently, not within words, because I was very hateful or dismissive or or um, like speaking down to religious people uh, mm -hmm. because I felt it was was a hoax. It was it was fooling people. Like all this talk about something bigger than yourself, the afterlife, and uh, and uh, and you're a very well, you're a very curious person. I am very curious. Okay, so <laughs> when was your first experience of religion? Well, so I guess my first experience of the religion was as a kid. Yeah. With my grandmother. Yeah. When was your first negative experience? Well, that's like a bit harder because. Uh, I didn't really grow up that religious, mm -hmm. uh, but somewhere along the line, I ended up hating religion quite, like, through. And why is that? Uh, well, we've been debating it a bit on the podcast, and I can <laughs> see in my lineage, uh, like, my grandfather grew up very religious, mm -hmm. and my great-grandfather on that side was, like, fire and brimstone religious. Okay. So there is elements in my in my family's history uh but i can't like pinpoint in my growing up i can point other than i guess i felt the absence of a god or i remember as a kid when i realized people die that it felt like like such a atrocious thing yeah like, right right what, what's going right. on here just people getting like taken out and then what's going on over here so you're a very curious person and a very honest person and something about how religion was presented to you told you those weren't uh, that sense of abyss that sense of the emptiness of life that sense of something about that way that you watch this watch what we're going to do here it sounds like something about the way that religion was presented to you said no it, it, it was actually asking you to deny your very real experiences of the world and so for you, it was like, if, if this means denying who I am, then I want nothing to do with that. So it isn't religion. It was very personal. It was very personal. Very personal. <laughs> Which is really interesting because imagine if somebody had said early on, uh, hey, there's this collection of psalms in the middle of the Bible, these prayers, and probably half of them are laments. They're they're mourning the loss of innocence, their anguish, 
Um, what if somebody had said to you, on the cross, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the day that God became an atheist. So imagine if somebody had said to you, a healthy, vibrant, spiritual vision for life includes doubt, angst, loss, the abyss, the dark night of the soul, the denial. Uh, if you really want to take God seriously, then there's space for the denial of God. That's yeah. all part of it. Hmm. Like, so what if somebody had said to you at an early age, all these things that you're feeling are totally legitimate. They're all part of the human experience. I think, or I know, <laughs> that life would be yes. very different. Yeah. Like, yeah, so that, because me, it's that's... fundamentally, that's, I think you're at the core of the thing. Right, right. This is not something other than the fullness of what it means to be human. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, for obviously tens of millions of people, when they hear religion, they don't think, oh yeah, the full depths of the human experience. It's the whole thing. Offered up in its complexity, its ambiguity, with this odd trust that something's at work even in all this. I mean, that alone, well, that's, now that, like, I instantly go, oh yeah. Now that's actually honest and has some element of hope, but it's, but you get there legitimately. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. For me, when I my shift in understanding religion or or understanding the Bible was also like I had been building my career, I had a good company, um, employees. I was really like trying to build this big castle yeah, yeah. without anything inside. Ah, right, right. But that that, uh, that ultimately crashed, and at some point I started getting like. The realization that okay, I need to find something within me. Not yeah. And then I found, uh, I f found someone talking about uh, Christianity and spirituality in the same context. Yes. And it's like, it was suddenly like I instead of having three different maps that didn't link together. Oh right. Everything right. became one map. Right. Right. And I, right. And then I started. Oh, this I can do. Like I yes. started being able to explore myself. Yeah. Because I didn't have all these separate separate maps. And, right, right. And right. that was a huge uh, shift. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's what happened to me when I stumbled into quantum physics and atoms and particles mm. and what little I could understand that <laughs> I was reading. The whole thing is energy and energy and relationships and an atom is a relationship of energy. And atoms don't follow any of the rules. That there's a weirdness baked mm. into creation. That the whole thing, even solid matter, is ultimately energy and relationship. Mm. It fundamentally, it all of a sudden, there was just there's just one world. Yeah. There's just one thing, and people are coming at it from different angles. But it resonated to me. It resonated so true. Like I, yes, mm. the whole thing is a relationship, yeah. a series of, yeah. I knew that, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I felt yeah. that. I felt that, felt that, and now that. I have language for it. Yeah. Then also all the languages and all the images and all the pictures and all the understandings yes. just becomes, you know... Ways to understand. And it totally makes sense Instead of human truths, beings. like this is... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so painting, cave paintings and quantum physics mm. and building a business because you want to, like, make something all becomes like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course human beings do this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah your company had to... Would fall apart yeah yeah i love that experience now like I, I right right I right <laughs> I, you would not believe how many people i've gotten to talk with all over the world 
who the story always goes, I set out to do this thing. Hmm. And it generally involves words like best, biggest, yeah. <laughs> successful, and then it fell apart. Mm. And then my life began. Mm. Yeah. I mean, again, that's so many people. That's, that's quite the works. hero's journey. That's how it works. Right. That's how it works. Yeah. I was going to be the greatest editor of all time. Yeah. <laughs> the best. It's going to be the, the finest film editor you could ever find. And it just crashed yeah. into the ground. Yeah. And uh, uh, I couldn't be happier. And now you ha couldn't be happier. I remember I was, I was doing this, this mundane job, or this, this editing job. I was like, I can't do it anymore. And, uh, and, uh, I was, I was, and my wife was like, well, just stop. You don't have to. And when I called the client, I said, like, I can't do it anymore. I cried because I was so relieved because it, it was, I was telling the truth. I was liberated. It was like the best feeling at the same time, a very frightening feeling because all of a sudden the playing field was open because prior to that, I was sort of playing to the notion that, well, all I can do is edit. That's how can I choose a different path? My path has been chosen now. Ah, so, so I was felt like locked in. Yeah. But then when I sort of just said, no, All of a sudden, it's that like open sky, and it was. Uh, uh, it's quite. A, it's it amazes me how, on on like the bottom of the downfall is the. Absolutely. Is the, is the, is the rebirth. Absolutely. That's and then someone story. writes a book about it, like thousands of years ago, and and, <laughs> and just <laughs> tries to sort of wrestle with it and 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 uh, elegantly put it into the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very cool. Mm. But so, you've been a pastor for a church. Are you still a pastor? That's a what a great question. If if you need me to be sure, <laughs> uh, it's interesting. Um, uh, what is yeah, a pastor? For, for we started. I worked in a church, and then uh, my friends and I, and my wife Kristen, we started a church. So I did that for a number of years. So that was like in an actual town and there were Sunday services and there was all that sort of thing. Um, so for some people, that word only refers to like a, you know, a building and a time and a place. Um, so, so I don't do it like that anymore. Um, but I I'm having more fun than ever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I listen to your podcast, so I know a lot of your stories. So... It's, uh, um, but I, I still find it so amazing how you uh, make life so alive within like both its limitations and its its possibilities, mm. and you're so honest, like about the whole taking breaks, like oh, honoring yeah, the yeah. stopping the rhythms things. built into yeah. everything. Uh, it's really helpful for me. Yeah. Well, you all certainly seem to understand that better in Norway than Americans <laughs> yeah we got the seasons you know they give us yeah well, I guess most of America do as well but, uh, but they no, do but help quite a bit with the yeah rough yeah, yeah, winters yeah. and the nature forces some yeah. rhythms <laughs> on you all <laughs> yeah what's been some of your kind of big experiences in terms of your own developments communicating to people or sharing the 
Oh man, there's been so many. I mean, there's been so many moments. Yeah. When I was, I had like, oh. I know that. Uh, so I mean, I can think of a number. I can think of mm. them from like all across. Yeah. Uh, my life. I mean, I think of um, well, just recently, what we're in July, April. I'm with a friend of mine in New York, and she is an uh, an actor and director. And she had just seen uh, last year's tour when I was in New York doing the show. So this is this is the kind of thing. Um, she said we were talking about how uh, like this tour that I did last year called the Holy Shift. It sort of builds and builds and builds. It's about an hour. It was about an hour and forty five minutes long. And at the end, all the different pieces start to come together, and you can see the crowd go. And I would see this every night all year long at the tour, like people go oh all these different pieces start to like come together and there's like a moment mm. and um, so this is an example of my friend Cheryl says Rob I, I, I know that people think that that was the payoff like the boom the bang the reveal the, she said but the problem with that she says is it implies that you know something that we don't and so what you did for an hour and 40 minutes is you like put out these breadcrumbs and we followed them and at the end there's a feast. Mm-hmm. But she said that that uh, it implies that you knew something and then gradually you were revealing it to us. She says, I don't come to your show because you know something I don't and you're going to take your time and you're going to show it to me. She said, the whole thing is payoff. Mm-hmm. She said, I go to watch you discover it yourself. <laughs> and I get to join you in discovering it. So oh, she says, there is wow. no payoff. Yeah. There is all of us together seeing it and exploring it and learning it. Mm. So those are, that's like a subtle... Yeah, yeah that like is a, real subtle. Or yeah. like I can go back then, that was 2000... That was, that was in April, so 2019. I can go back to 2008. Because when I came up, like I studied to be a pastor and then I worked in a church and then I started a church... And when I would interact with other pastors, the thing that I would pick up, so this was like 10, 11 years ago, uh, feels like another lifetime, but I would, <laughs> what I picked up over time was, oh, your job as a spiritual leader is people are here and your job is to bring them to here. So is to, and there was always some new adjective to help people be more open, more familiar with the latest scientific discoveries, more environmentally consciousness, more oriented around issues of justice and poverty, more like there was always some new word that was like, oh, this is the thing. I got to get these people. You know what I mean? And I got to move them from point A to point B, almost like you think spatially. They're in this space. And my job is to get them here. Uh, and it's very subtle, but it got revealed to me. Um, and I had a whole series of experiences in the summer of 2008. And this priest in Dublin confronted me and he said, it was like he just shook his head. He's like this wise old priest. And he says, no, it's just a big, generous gift. Mm-hmm. He, and it was so, we were walking in this rose garden. I'll never forget it. Like, it was like, oh, he essentially was like, no, no, no. Yeah. You just give a big, generous gift. The biggest gift you can give. That's what you do. Yeah. And I had like a, like a massive moment of transformation. Like, oh, because I know if somebody wishes I was in some other mm. place, 
You know what I mean? When, yeah. when, some, when someone comes knocks on your, I don't know if they do it here, if someone knocks on your door because they're trying to get you to join something or site, you're instantly defensive. What oh, yeah. actually moves you and draws you and compels you is somebody who in yeah. freedom and liberation and joy just does what they're doing. And you are like, it's like you're pulled yeah. into it. But that happened in the summer of 2008. I went four months with no sermons and no public speaking. Mm. I took four months of no mm. doing what I do uh, because this was so, it was such a, like a traumatic break of yeah. like, wait, I have to rethink. And when I came back, it was like the only thing to do is just give the most buoyant, honest, joyful gift you mm. can give. Mm. That's the only thing left to do. Yeah. So that's like, like wow. why I laugh on the podcast is so I think I laugh because I might be starting to get it. I always say blessed <laughs> blessed is the one who's in on the joke. Like we're on a floating ball of rock hurtling through space at 67,000 miles an hour. Mm. Like this whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. Or or you think about the Jesus parables, right? You know, people show up at, the, at different hours to work in the vineyard, but then they all get paid the same. Or this guy, everybody hates him and he's so short he has to climb a tree to see Jesus. And Jesus says, I want everybody in town hates you. I want to eat at your place. It's almost like over and over again, Jesus is going, are you starting to get it? Because I'm doing really weird stuff here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Everybody shows up at different times, <clears throat> but then I'm going to pay them all the same. Like, that's weird. Yeah. Or the parable of the prodigal son this begins with the son saying to his father, I want my share of the inheritance, which in a first century Mediterranean culture meant that the inheritance was divided when the dad died. So the parable begins with a son, and you would never speak disrespectfully to a patriarch. But the parable begins with the son saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. And the father gives him his share, which was this. I can't even how people would have responded to a story like this. You know what I mean? The, the, I guess they would be like, um, whoa, or because it's, a, it's a quite an extreme thing to do, like you said. Right. Like, like if a story began with ISIS came to my daughter's school. You know what I mean? You would just be like, what the, f what is this? What is go So it, over and over again, there's a, there's almost like an undercurrent of absurdity yeah. to what Jesus is talking about. Grace, love, forgiving your enemies, praying for people who persecute you. There's almost like an undercurrent of absurdity to it um, that tells me that somewhere the truth is somewhere in there. Um, or even, even he keeps speaking almost like an economy of grace, like that, that when you are generous, you're just playing by different rules than everybody else. Yeah. When you're, when, you think about, if you go carefully at what Jesus keeps ta saying about money, it's even having a, it's like a different relationship to money. Mm. You're holding it with much more of an open palm than like a tight clenching, yeah. um, mm. and so that, that and actually I'm, that's that's to me lately if you ask about like key moments that yeah. as I, I feel like the there's something about the absurdity that's taking me farther into the mystery and the love so sometimes I'll begin to see something and I'll just follow it and then years later I'll like the story I told you years later I'll be like oh that's what was happening then <laughs> yeah. wow <laughs> I just feel like that's just the story I needed to hear, you know. Yeah. <laughs> From coming here, like 
you think about yeah. how many people it's just a heavy solemn oh, we have to yeah. there's no imagination mm. um, and that's the great gift is we're all gonna die <laughs> yeah I've heard maybe soon <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. people get cancer car accidents there's like a large portion of the world's wealth is in the hands of a couple of people. Like there are, mm. there is something horrifically uncertain mm. and unstable about all of this. Like, so a moment here and now of peace and joy, yeah. uh, inexplicable generosity. Mm. Like even the two stories you each have told are like, they're completely ridiculous stories. And you're both like, and then... <laughs> for some reason I got happy you know what I mean like you're, uh, this, you're, you're when you tell those stories that's actually the great wisdom mm. or like when you were building your company like oh we're gonna strategize and I'm gonna <laughs> and that's fine if you build a company but it's almost mm. like you you tried that wisdom and it was helpful it's fine I mean we need cars and we need to have someone mm. food I mean there's like basics but it's almost like then you left and went to some other kind of wisdom which mm. was like because if you would now go back and talk to your business building self, you'd probably be like, dude, relax. Just yeah. relax. You are so wound up. <laughs> You're taking yourself yeah. so seriously. <laughs> yeah, I just, it just reminds me of all these nights I was sleeping at my job. You know, Abs, right. This is the life. It, so it is. You know, <laughs> because I was reaching this right the smooth place as we talk about it we, yeah, we call it the, yeah, smooth, the smooth place oh, this is what like we that. dreamed of the smooth place that's when all your hard work paid off finally oh, some call it retirement the smooth place as if you just you live a completely chaotic unsustainable mm. insane life <laughs> yeah. and that will get you to calm and peace <laughs> to the smooth place yeah that's what gets you there. Eventually, if uh, if you are not there yet, hard enough. Yeah, just have if you're not there yet, you just have to work harder. Then it will happen. Yeah. I was looking back at like uh, so I, I, I moved to Oslo, so I lived in Trondheim, uh, um, studied in Trondheim, and started a company here in Trondheim, and then I got like a work opportunity in Oslo, and I went to Oslo, the great capital, and uh, and started working, and my goal, you know, world's greatest editor, was finally materializing. And I worked, I think I worked 24-7 because when I look back at those years, I was always at work. Mm. Uh, and then I sort of hit, hit, like, uh, hit the wall in 2006. And I was like, whoa, just got to work harder then. So I just worked even harder. And the wall got even bigger. Uh, and then uh, when I had kids in, in 2010, or my, my son was born, it sort of felt like oh, things are are falling into into place life has meaning now but it was only sort of projecting that onto something other than myself i still had to do the editing job because i was that was who i was and uh and then a couple more bumps in the road until i finally caved in and was i can't do this anymore and uh, and uh and salvation was upon me <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, uh it was uh, it's such an intense and absurd like you say it's 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 sort of a cosmic joke mm-hmm. like I was put, putting all this effort into what <laughs> just to realize that I was heading in the completely wrong direction and I it, 
As we were driving here today, uh, I was like, well, this is this is an adventure. This is this is what life is all about. <laughs> we're just going to meet someone who we never met, who we've heard a lot about, and and but we're just going to see what happens, and we're just going to show up to that. And and ah, uh, it's and so fun. Yeah. That's what I was thinking coming down the stairs in the hotel. I'm going to meet some people I've never met. It'd be interesting. I wonder what they want to talk about. Mm. Yeah, that's actually the thing. Uh, it's the wonder and awe yeah. of your own life that you actually want. Yeah. Like you show me anybody who would, wouldn't trade whatever money. You need some money, obviously. But then beyond that, like wonder and awe is what actually people want. Yeah. It's some sense of, oh, that's actually what everybody wants. Yeah. It's the most valuable thing. That's true wealth. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 I, was, uh, uh, just decided to organize my life around that. Mm. So Kristen and I just decided that would be a better life to organize ourselves around a sense of this whole thing is like an adventure that yeah. you go on. So let's just keep following it and see where it leads. Mm. So at every step, that's just what we do. And it's just so great. Yeah, <laughs> that is great. I, I believe you said once it's all rigged in your favor. Ah, yeah. And, and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, it, it, for your listeners, it's important. By that, I do not mean like a sort of health and wealth. Hey, you could have a Ferrari too. I mean, the whole thing is rigged in favor of your growth. Yeah. And your expansion and the creation of your character and the opening of your heart. You, the, the whole thing. So if you see it that way, then... When things come your way, and I specifically the difficult things, but if you just go, okay, so what's hiding in this? Mm. Um, it just changes everything. Yeah, I had this friend of mine, Eric, is such a great guy uh, who uh, talks about everything as an adventure. Yes, like that's the approach. Yes, so it's a quest. It's an adventure. Yes, and it just sort of puts a whole different perspective on the whole thing because if you're taking out the garbage you're just taking out the garbage but if it's an adventure then everything can happen yeah 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 I I, uh, I go to get the groceries for my family and I have a I have powerful experiences like we we eat and I go get my kid like I get to provide for these people mm. what an extraordinary thing sometimes I save my wife makes me the list of things we need and like that uh, sometimes I'll find it in my pocket like when I put those pants back on and like I'll have like a oh that's right there's these people I love and I get to go with them food mm. yeah, like what an amazing thing that is amazing <laughs> it, it, and uh, it's funny in, in every tradition the wisest most enlightened person in the village you know the village elder the yogi the guru they're never the person or the person who goes on the great spiritual pilgrimage they go away for years and they come back down the mountain. They never come back down and bring the, the great message they've received and say to the village, man, we're screwed. You know what I mean? <laughs> or they never come back to the village and say something like, it's way more complicated than I thought. And they generally have something along the lines of love, yeah. here and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we have each other. We're going to be okay. It's generally something very simple. Mm. But it almost offends the modern sensibility that uh, 
sees that as almost insulting. Like, no, it needs to be complicated and hard, and it needs to be no, it might not be. I watched a movie Aladdin the other day with my kids. Oh yeah, the new one. Uh, the new one. Yeah. Uh, my I, daughter loved it. We've been listening to that soundtrack every day going to school. <laughs> well, I've heard those songs a thousand times. <laughs> but it it really like, and I guess it's the same way in the old film. So that's not to the point, but all that stuff is to get him somewhere. But his true liberation is just by generosity, <laughs> and it's it's so simple and and yes. powerful. Like it's yes. There's no, no almighty being ever. There is just you being generous towards others, and and that really struck struck a chord with me. Being like a very like profound and yes. and, and and good message to get across to Absolutely. to anyone, uh, because Jafar he he gets sort of caught up in the business side of things. He wants to build like a big ass castle <laughs> with lots. He wants to be like the Head on show, and uh, and he just can't stop. And you know from the beginning he's doomed. Yeah. yeah. Everybody knows <laughs> that guy. That's not going to end well. <laughs> and then we go back to work and be like, oh, if I just get enough right, right, precious, right, right. precious gold, <laughs> you can in a movie you can spot the yeah. loser who isn't mm. going to get, and then walk out of the movie theater. Mm. Just go back to being golem. Day. It's. Yeah. it's crazy uh, but then back to, I think back to to here I just want to like say again how much I appreciate what you're doing oh, because you're, thank you. you're doing it and and uh, and it's working like really well oh like, that's very kind of you uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm still like like you know when when like a meter hits earth and it's like <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a meter it's uh, it's 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 the word mm. and uh and as as you once taught me like the first thing was the word and uh, and uh, i've been uh, this fantastic book the four agreements which i've been uh listening to a lot lately it's an audiobook and the Who's reading it? Uh, um, but he has such a beautiful voice. So that obviously helps. Uh, but uh, uh, like the, the power of the word, like words are magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just really, like they're, they're super powerful and you have to wield them with responsibility, like, like you're doing. You know the great Abraham Joshua Heschel? Have you ever read Heschel? I have not read Heschel. Yeah, uh, you would love Heschel. H e s c h e l. You would love Heschel, but he said that words create new worlds. Mm. Yeah. So uh, somebody says something, it's just them speaking, and yet you suddenly like a whole new thing opens up. Yeah. You're like, wait, that's possible. Wait, maybe somebody somebody gives you language for something you've already been feeling, mm. and all they did was just name something, and yet it was like, oh, mm. I'm not alone, or oh there's a language for that or that that to this day words have some sort of activating energy yeah so in this particular jewish tradition when they their foundational poem about creation involves speaking it makes sense it does it makes sense and you and i can have all sorts of connection Uh, i kind of know what you're thinking but then when we give words to it the words are what connect us yeah 
A lot so of all mis- these misunderstandings images. happens when you right, right. So <laughs> other than speaking out loud, I know and from a marriage. Right, and then you think about <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you think about like a, a marriage survives with actions, but then lots of there's lots and lots of words. Yeah. So then you think about the Jesus story and how when they're trying to explain this activating energy of the universe, present and intimate among all of us, they talk about the word taking on flesh. And you can think like like the readings of the Bible, they're like, well, that doesn't make, that doesn't make. They're, they're not, t- they're talking at such a deeper level of yeah. soul or uh, my wife calls them the lower languages, meaning the things that speak to your depths. They're not pre-rational or irrational. They're trans-rational. Yeah. They include the mind and then go into all these other territories, which is, I mean, all great art is at some level trans-rational. Yeah, you can think about it, but it's doing something way bigger than just what your brain yeah. can think. What do you think about that painting? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I feel. It makes me, like, quake. It makes my insides hurt. It makes me or a great song. How do you analyze that song? Oh, I'm already bored. What it do to you? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> so yeah, the things that actually move us have this trans-rational dimension that both includes language and goes way, way, way beyond, way beyond it. language. Yeah, yeah. So you can. So these images, going back to you, sort of reading the Bible with fresh eyes. There's a reason why they use these particular images and analogies and metaphors, and it's because they have these. They have enduring resonance yeah. Yeah, they like speak to for thousands of years certain images water wind like the, there's a reason why these are the dominant images they mm. work mm. <laughs> yeah. they like do They're something universal to you. Yeah. yeah 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 wow what's uh, I'm not sure if this is a good question like your approach to how do you approach life when you don't want life like the, if, if you meet obstacles that you like no 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 what is your like approach to oh yeah showing when up there's to something that. it's like yeah. oh, <laughs> I don't want to go through this again, <laughs> again. yeah that feeling <laughs> well uh, uh, you just begin with honesty yeah you just drag up everything that's in there and then uh, what helps me what helps me is to witness to the experience mm. so so you get out all that emotion oh I have to see so and so they oh it's gonna be oh I'm gonna hate it (laughs) I always oh and a friend of mine this great spiritual guide she always says pay attention to what has charge Mm. so oh you really don't want to do that you really hate it how bad do you hate it oh man I hate it so much really it's really brutal it's just you'd rather do anything else yeah why why that why that person there's like 7 billion people on the planet. <laughs> yeah, why this, is that this. person so provoke you? So, uh, why does that have charge? Or why does that photo... Oh, here's one. Uh, why does that photo do something in you? Like, you see that photo. Is it that period of time? What is it about that period of time? Or that person. That, that person comes up in conversation and something within you is like, that guy. Get out of my... Right. Um, so, that's why I always go... Why do I have so much... It's almost like voltage or electricity around this. Yeah. I'm trying to think. This happened the other day. What was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, something involving one of my boys and this thing we had to do. And it wasn't my son, but it was this other... I was like, why does this thing that we have to go do 
why does that have so why am I so digging in my heels the whole, I'm walking and digging my heels in the same time uh, and like you just follow it and it's almost like a muscle you can build up to follow it why oh because well, what's attached to it oh and what's the fear there oh oh got it got it you're you don't want to go do that because of a fear that maybe x or y yeah and and in some ways that's the real art of it is you're getting better and better and better at identifying you're in an argument with your wife and you're able to go wait 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 wait. i said this because of this because i'm afraid of x usually fear is in there somewhere fear is a Um, a component yeah it's like the sooner you can (laughs) um see it from outside of it Mm. so like now you can see the business Mm. and you can go oh i was motivated by this I was fearing this. I was driven by this. I was hoping for this. I was yeah. like you can almost like drone. You're almost flying mm. above it and you can map it. Mm. Um, and so the real art of life is to get to where you can do what you can do now with the editing and with the business, but you can do it now in real time. Yeah. As it's happening, you're like, ooh, oh, that hurt. Why did it hurt? Yeah. yeah, and that, yeah. that I mean, when you begin to know yourself or know your, I feel shame here. Why? Well, let me think. I think for and me, then now you're liberated at some level. Yeah. Now you now the whole thing really now now you're living that the thing is rigged in your favor because you're almost you're getting closer and closer to laughing in real time. Mm. Oh man, I fell yeah, for that one again. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for me, I think. <laughs> that whole process is like shame is the is the most difficult one. Like sure, whenever sure. I show, oh, yeah. whenever that shows up in something, it's like absolutely. Yeah. There's a couple shame, fear, guilt. Yeah. I mean, there's like four or five that. I mean, you look at all. I mean, psychoanalysts, mm. literature, yeah, uh, behavioral science. Like you can go cut across, and there's like there's like what three, four, five mm. that uh, <laughs> are like the roots. Mm. Um, so on one level, we're infinitely mysterious as human beings. And another level, it's pretty much the same old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's pretty much the same old stuff. But it's like, and when I, when I get this realization, like, all of a sudden I, I get it. It's like, I also find myself, yeah, I, I knew this for quite a while. Yeah, I just right. wasn't ready to admit it to myself. Right, right, like, right, right. Yeah, oftentimes... Yeah. Uh, Oftentimes you knew it in your bones. Mm. It's interesting, going back to the Psalms, how much of knowledge in the Psalms, when I kept quiet, my uh, bones cried out. And in the Psalms, your body, you're all integrated. Mm. And your sorrow, your grief, truth. It, um, the, the Psalm writers don't split you up. They speak of you as an integrated being. And um, mm. your bones are where things get stored. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, that to me is very helpful. Um, to, to like, yeah, you, you knew it. It's almost like it existed. If you're listening to the podcast, good luck. It's almost like it existed somewhere in here. <laughs> or the Greeks had this word splankton. Splankton uh, is like almost your gut. Mm. Um, but for them, that was where compassion comes from. Mm. It comes from like the center of your being. But it's like you knew these things, but like, oh, I got to like acknowledge them as mm. true. And then I'm going to have to like rearrange some things. 
Yeah. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> How often when you do have mm. great bursts of revelation, you're like, oh yeah, I already knew, I knew that a while ago. I'm just now <laughs> ready for it. Yeah. It's like my body was carrying it around going, hey, we're just carrying this around. And whenever you're ready to talk about it. <laughs> this is that word intuition comes to yep. mind. You're gonna, you're, I, you're, and I think you're going to see people talking about intuition more and more and more because of some very specific reasons. I think you're going to see that become, in the next couple of years, you're going to see intuition. It's going to have a huge comeback. Yeah, it's a powerful word. Absolutely. And I guess it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's it's a trust or faith, like because it's not not something like it's very abstract. Yes. And the rational mind likes to you know make cool uh, diagrams and put things into boxes and make it really neat. Yes. But then there's this. I think, like Steven Spielberg said, this quiet little voice in the back. Yes. Because you have external objectives and you have internal subjectives. So there is a dimension to life that is external and it is objective. How tall you are, how much you weigh, uh, your birth date, um, how much money is in your checking account. Like these are all things that can be measured in a very external, tangible way. And then you have these very internal subjective, you're sad. Mm. Well, sadness doesn't, isn't measured like how fast you can run. <laughs> These are two multiple dimensions of what it means to be human, and they are, are measured and assessed and experienced in different ways. But the problem in the modern world is the external objective, the birth of the scientific revolution, what we now know about how, far, how fast apples fall from trees, built this giant, impressive iPhone, hospital, airport hmm. world. Yeah. And... So what happened is, in some ways, it, its its accomplishments were so unbelievably impressive. It's almost like drowned out everything else. So you have you have CEOs who make tens of millions of dollars a year who are so deeply disconnected mm. from you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've numerous occasions been with fanatical, fantastically wealthy people and just said, "What do you want?" And heard people just say, I have no idea. I don't even... The number of times I've heard people say, I don't even know what that even means. Yeah. But like if you have a... Like, when you think about like living from your heart, if you could just go do anything, what would, I have no idea. So they were able in one sphere of life mm. to absolutely go to the farthest ends mm. of the earth and in other dimensions of life know next to nothing. Mm. Um, so I think like intuition, there are lots of ways we know things and a whole giant and universities sort of help spread it in many settings. A whole world sprung up of if you can't measure it in a lab with concrete data, then it doesn't, then, it, then it's, then it's to be distrusted. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't exist. And then, and yet thousands, for thousands and thousands of years, human beings knew things mm. in all sorts of ways. A friend of mine always laughs and says, for thousands and thousands of years across all time periods and people knew that meditation is good for the brain but then somebody gives a TED talk <laughs> about we now have evidence that when people are in meditative states it's better for their oh now we can do it it's quantifiable it's so, so you have scientifically like a, proven yeah. Yeah. so I think we were so in awe of 
there's now research for it. Yeah. Like nowadays, you think about how many settings. Uh, this is so-and-so, they're a storyteller. Whatever. This is so-and-so, they're a poet. Whatever. So so-and-so, they're a researcher. Oh, wait a second. Give them the micro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is great. Which is great. But um, I think you're going to see more and more people going, yeah, the research is great. We also just know. Mm. <laughs> we also just know. Mm. We've known for thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to trust that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny how when, when you have like a TED Talk or things like that that this this the, the whole kind of realization that we finally found out this works right right yeah. right 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 like don't make fun of religion do not make f- mm. you you lose the right to make fun of religion mm. when you're like <gasps> there's research on it yeah. <laughs> no way now we can again. um yeah you you you're just that's fine it's fine it's all i'm totally mm. for it but mm. just be honest yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a faith mm. yeah. and that's great That is great. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, Fred, to the mic, yeah, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Uh, Rob, comedy and uh, the yes. future of uh, comedy. Is there a spiritual component uh, to Absolutely. comedy? Absolutely. Uh, so keep going. Is that? Yeah. Um, like, because a lot of comedy is about uh, making fun of uh Th- th- things that are bad which is good you know a part of the healing process yeah uh, but then there's also a, a, a cosmic joke here around us. yeah right and, right uh, and there's a lot of humor in zen masters and you can clearly tell on a master absolutely the way they laugh about things and maybe there's a different type of humor uh, maybe not but uh, you're you're a comedy fan and you you do You do work in comedy right now, right? Oh, I don't know what I, I don't know what I call it. Uh-huh. <laughs> My observation when I I would say when a comedian is working redemptively, what the comedian does is we have all these things that we that you talk about in polite company, but then certain subjects everybody backs up a little bit like well those The comedian at the exact moment when everybody goes, uh, I'm kind of kind of back up now. I'm not an over. The comedian charges in and goes, why don't you talk about that? Why are you ashamed about that? And it's at some level what the comedian does is take the thing that all the, all the things knocking around inside of all of us, our thoughts, the things we're most embarrassed about, shame, the things that haunt us. And the comedian drags it out into the light with such force and clarity You're so, in some ways, the, the shock jolts you, and then you realize you're not alone, but you realize that we dragged the thing that most haunts me, that I'm most terrified of, it got dragged out into the light, and we're all fine. Mm. And when the comedian's working redemptively, something really, really, really powerful happens. Um, something obviously profoundly spiritual. I mean, sometimes the comedian is like I was at a show the other night and the comedians were just making f- and the show was all about how stupid people are uh-huh. and they thought it was hilarious mm-hmm. but at some point it was just mean uh-huh. it wasn't doing it wasn't like look at us funny humans it was like these people are idiots um, and, mm-hmm. and they were banking on the crowd joining them in ridiculing these people over here but what it did interesting enough is it made the comedians on stage it made them look really small You know what yeah. I mean? It's almost like you could feel them shrinking. Yeah. 
But then, uh, I, I do this show at a at a club in my neighborhood, and the other night, Sarah Silverman, you know who that is yeah. American comedian. Um, we were chatting backstage, and then she walked out and did like fifteen or twenty minutes. That was so profound. Um, and everybody was laughing really hard. But if you listen to what she was saying, you could also have said, oh my word, she went out and said things that are so true that not everybody's ready to admit. And she did it and everybody was laughing, but it was so profound on so many levels. Um, and that to me, like, it feels like more than ever, the comedians are like in some ways the new prophets pointing out yeah. the things that aren't that speakers are speakers of truth or like yeah uh, yeah yeah just and uh poking into and people have said like thing. about people have said to my work like hey that those jokes like that funny <laughs> stuff you did was like a nice addition i'm like no no, no it's not an addition it's the thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. the joke isn't the thing so that you can swallow the other stuff you know what I mean? Like, oh, we'll get you laughing, then you can handle the truth. No, 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 the joke is the truth. <laughs> when it's done well. Uh, yeah, it's funny because it's true. Yes. And yeah. painful. You're not laughing as, like, some other thing so that you're, like, loosened up, so then you're ready to actually... No, no, you're laughing because you're getting it. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> Do you think yeah. some particular comedians are um, working in the direction of... of uh, oh, I think... Uh, Oh yeah, I think what Eddie Izzard. I love you know Eddie Izzard. Sorry. Do you know Eddie Izzard? Uh, I'm not sure. No. Yeah, yeah, he's Brit. He's, he's he's a British one, right? He's a British one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, I I I don't know that much about comedy, and I actually don't watch that much. But I um, Eddie Izzard has always been to me just incredibly profound. Yeah. Uh, and my wife is always showing me different comedians. She's always mm -hmm. got yeah. So she knows way more than me. But yeah, yeah, and I think you're going to see more and more. And then also, I think, with things, people being more and more in front of screens, obviously people are watching comedians on screens, but the live event where a comedian's in a room, and you're there in the room. There's a comedian named Kate Berlant, who's absolutely genius. She does this, I can't even explain it. She she does a whole her whole stand up at least last time I saw it she does it like she's a college professor who's completely obsessed with herself and she speaks in like hyper political correctness mm. and the audience doesn't know what's happening at first because she just starts talking and then when like gradually you start to, so she is like unbelievably brave because she'll go out and start talking in this like manufactured college professor kind of thing And it's so awkward and stilted. It takes the audience a while to realize what's happening. And then when they... It's like gradually the audience catches up. So she has to be willing to like do a good five, ten minutes. <laughs> trusting that the audience... <laughs> she'll go out... She told me she'll go out into the audience. And like tell people like she can tell their futures. And she can tell them things about themselves. And then she'll just say things that aren't true. But then pretend like all of her predictions were correct. <laughs> so at first the audience is like she's getting it all wrong like that I'm not and then when they and then she just plows through like she was right mm. you see what I'm saying like it's so avant-garde and sort of and then the audience it's like it takes the audience her whole act to catch up yeah. 
oh, see that stuff like that to me. Genius. Absolutely genius. Mm. Yeah, so I think you're going to see more and more. There's something about, like, the thing you said, the, the communal thing about the stand-up act where people get together. Absolutely. Like in church or even the cinema, which I just Absolutely. Found, find this when we gather. Yes. Not sit alone in front of screens. There is something bigger than ourselves. And that's never going to go away. And everybody's saying, no, everybody's just going everybody's gonna to just spend more time on Netflix. I'm like, okay, for a little while. Yeah. But in the end, there's something the live bigger event. out there. Because you want to gather. Yeah. And you want to be in a space where it, you don't know actually what's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had this uh, uh, aversion against, uh, now it seems like I'm against everything, um, no. football. Uh, Norwegian uh, soccer, I guess it's yeah. called in uh, American. Uh, I just didn't didn't like it. And Trondheim is a, like a big soccer soccer. Oh, town. it is. Uh, it has like a football team, uh, Rosenborg, which is was mm -hmm. like uh, one of the, I guess, best teams in Norway at the time. Uh, so everyone went to the to the stadium to watch the game, and I went a couple of times. I was like, this is this is not for me. I don't get it. People are just yelling at the the umpire and to the team. Everyone seems like they know better than the team what to do. And it all just felt, like I felt out of place. And then, uh, well, uh, after my sort of shift, a friend of mine asked me to, to come to a football game. Mm. I said, okay, sure. And I, my best word would be like suspension of disbelief because when I just joined in, I became a thousand people. Yes, chanting for these players down on the field, and we were lifting the players up. Yes, and I, ex I experienced this transcendent thing where I was a part of something bigger than myself, uh, and I was a part of the game, and it was just so mind blowing how I was originally just saying I'm not a part of this, and I wasn't, and it just seemed like nonsense, like with the Bible, uh, and then when I just said. Well, let's see what this is all yeah. about, and and I'm willing to. Well, show me what this is, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll. And it I'll speaks to some place deep within us that wants to belong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very normal. It is, and it's powerful. Yeah, pre-rational. Very yeah. hard to explain. It's like pre-verbal. It's hard even to give it language. Yeah. Other than it arises something so primal within you like belonging yeah 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 very true mm. I guess we're not here to be alone then yeah. this is a group experience this is a group experience <laughs> yeah wow wow it's a good podcast you have here yeah getting better by the yeah. day <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got one more question mm. and one more thing you want to talk about do you have something you want to talk about What do you feel? Oh, yeah, Monday night. Uh, That's my oh, yeah, time to yeah, talk about yeah. what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah what, what do you feel people need the most? The people you meet on in, in your work? Oh. Over and over and over again. I meet people who need to be told that the thing that they're most, that they're carrying around is totally normal. Yeah. I can't tell you. And educated, uneducated, wealthy, not wealthy, traveled all over the world, not traveled much. Mm. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. The number of people I've met who are like, 
carrying around some experience, some sadness, some mm-hmm. euphoria, and are like, is it okay that I'm it? Yeah, that's totally normal. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes my whole thing is I just go around going, of course. Of course you'd be. In San Francisco a couple nights ago, uh, I have no idea what day it is. It's jet lag. Uh, two weeks ago in San Francisco, a woman, I was doing a Q&A, and a woman just said, my husband committed suicide recently. Mm-hmm. And then told what that was like. And every single thing she said, she said, so what do you say to that? And I was, that your response is 100% normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course you're, mm-hmm. of course you're feeling this, 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 and, and this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, especially if you're talking about like spirituality or God or big words like that, for so many people, what they were handed is a binary of good, bad, success, failure, win, lose, and I got to get it. The company's successful. Ah. Um, and so right on the heels of that it's totally normal is I just begin with the assumption that spirit is in whatever it is wherever it fits whatever column you would put it in Mm. and that the way that creation works is something new comes out of even this so that career didn't go the way you thought it would that business and there was something lurking in it. And then out of that, something new came. Yeah. Yeah. So I always just begin. I'm not there guarantees or promises or how can I make everything go right? Oh, that would be the worst. <laughs> Talk about hell on earth. No, it's much more interesting. How are things, how did it go? And what was present in it? And it's like tuning your ear to the, the thing, the new thing that's happening in that. Mm. And once people move past those, those old binaries, those dualities of, yeah, but that was bad. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But you're asking me about it, and it's still with you, and it got you here. And hold on, hold on. Let's revisit that. Because mm. maybe there was something in it. That's mm. like the great leap that I, I see lots and lots of people making. Is even the idea of a God who exists or doesn't exist. Who didn't... Fine fine whatever you know you got to have your categories fine but it's much more interesting what is this presence in all of it that's yeah. oh, that's good times yeah. <laughs> you can have a podcast about that <laughs> yeah that's infinite mm. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you nailed it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Infinite Podcast with Ulf Tenderfritte <laughs> and me, Eistein Rabbe. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify. Yeah. And, um, yeah, or on Facebook or... Yeah, follow us on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, and also, we've now made a Patreon account. Yes. So if you like this podcast and uh, would like to support us, go to Patreon and check out our Infinite podcast site there um, your support would yeah, well, we'd really it appreciate possible it. for us to to make more podcasts it takes a lot of time we enjoy it so much to do it uh, but we also have you know regular jobs to pay the bills and our dream is to be able to do this full time yeah and, this um, this is our full time this should be our full time baby job. steps uh, yeah. towards that dream and we want to make 
more episodes and uh, continue to share it with you. So that would be great. Actually, I realize when we talk about it, we haven't even explained what Patreon actually is. So we'll yeah, it's like a s- support site where you can um, support uh, a uh, well, a business or a artist or an artist or whatever um, that makes something with, um, I guess, like monthly um, donations. Could yeah. be like from a dollar and upwards, yeah. Right. So a- a- anything would be would be great. We would be so thankful, and Absolutely. and you would be thankful because we're doing yeah. this for you. Yeah, and it actually gives it's um it's a good feeling sometimes to actually help the things you care about. So if you're listening to uh, to us and you you care <laughs> care about us, <laughs> but I mean I mean seriously, it it's. It's uh, it's a good thing to to contribute to the things that 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 matters to you. So yeah, that will we're help not them asking grow. you to to uh, to pace unless you actually want to see this podcast uh, grow and and uh, yeah unfold into to what it's about to become. Infinite greatness. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>